0: Thank you for tuning in to episode 19 of the Coffee Talk podcast with John Papaloni. Today I am interviewing real estate investor and speaker, Ronnie Fisher. He will be talking to you about some options and things to know about real estate investing. He will also talk to you about some of his experiences, how he got into the uh, business and um, pretty much any tips and tricks he can share with you today. Thanks for tuning in. We are about to begin right now.
1: Oh, there, John. I see, I see and hear you, brother. Fantastic, man. Awesome. There go.
0: Just trying to get it so that we uh, get. Oh, it's funny how this works. Show active speaker. No, I'm trying to get it so we're side by side on this. And stop recording no, no
1: there we go. there we go, buddy. Ah, you're in your car, yeah <laughs> I'm at the park here, and I come here every day, buddy. This is the spot for exercising right now. There's a baseball diamond right in front of me and there's grandstands over here and people doing their exercises and stuff, eh
0: yeah, that's awesome. I have a uh, beach near my house that I tend to uh like a beach. Across from me, like on the other side of the field, obviously. I tend to like to go there uh, and do my like, 40-minute walks every day. Beauty. Beauty. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm glad you're here. And uh, you. yeah, I was um, about to say on the pod, like my podcast is called Coffee Talk, and it's with John Papaloni, obviously. So I was yep. just uh, about to tell my li- you know, viewers and listeners that uh, I was having you on board and uh, what you did, but I'm going to save that uh, for you to tell
1: save it for me to tell
0: yeah well there's no point in me telling you and glorifying it more because i think you're going to describe it best
1: sorry describe what best about myself
0: oh what you do how you got into it um yeah so basically what do you do now like you're a real estate investor you're a speaker um you do mortgages yep so yeah like describe how you got into it what you did like like what what led you to becoming all this and how did you get into it like, as we met at Mo um, Mondays, and I went to um, see my buddy Joey speaking, and then that's where we happened to meet. Right. And then, right. I, and then I learned that this thing, all this information about you that I had no idea, and it was just amazing. So I thought, you know, it would benefit
1: everybody. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, that show was great, man. That was really all about community for me, and it was about outreach, and to be honest, I did it to gain more stage exposure myself and sort of build a brand and all this kind of stuff. And it was way bigger and beyond just me. You know what I mean? The storytelling platform of people opening up with authentic stories and being genuine and some were vulnerable, man. I mean, I remember crying with probably every show I was in some form <laughs> of, TV. you know what I mean? Like I was emotionally attached to that platform and to that show and to the guests that I had. You know, I was connected to most of the guests. I'm going to say 90% of them within one person. You know what I mean? Like these were direct friends and inner circle people. Joey I had met before, obviously through real estate investing training and stuff like that as well. So it was really cool to provide a space, uh, a community, people, a night out, a positive energy. Uh, The venue was absolutely beautiful, man. I I don't know which month you came to, but, uh, you know, with the the balcony open, we had fireworks, six... uh, six times a year over top of Niagara Falls from the Hard Rock Balcony. I mean, it was amazing, right?
0: I think I missed the, that one there. I think I came in uh, just before spring started.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, uh, it, was, it was a good two-year run. I enjoyed it. And to be honest, I drive by all the time because I live here in Niagara Falls, and I'm you know, going up and down the hill and the attractions and uh, enjoying it with my children and stuff, right? So I get the inspiration to do it again because of that community feeling. But uh, <laughs> currently, currently, it's not open.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, well, it would be hard to be open at this point.
1: <laughs> for that, yeah, the restaurants and stuff like that are starting to open uh, here in the falls, and uh, it's nice to see the tourism coming in and stuff like that, which obviously drives the economy, which, you know, essentially this is a real estate investing uh, podcast, and we're talking about that specifically today. And that's a lot of the factors that we look for, too. You know, people ask me, uh, where's an awesome spot? And I say, I get the privilege of investing right in my own backyard sometimes because you know, this is a great area to be investing in. And here's what's been happening in the city, right?
0: Yes, of course. So, yeah, like I, that, that's the other point, right? Like, so what, what has been, um, like, how has this uh, market been affected for you? And I mean, during these crazy times, has, has it even changed anything for you?
1: So for me, dramatically, immediately it changed because I was traveling across the country. I was doing weekend workshops and scheduled at least two, maybe three weekends a month Um, you know, and, and there's my travel, there's there's income and there's uh plans. And those are things that immediately came to a halt. Um, so that was one major shift and within the economy itself and watching people hesitated, people are are nervous, they're apprehensive. They don't take um, action as much. People weren't doing as much activity anyways, but now after a couple of months of uh, experience in this pandemic, and I think that the prices are still pretty stable, um, there's there's activity again, you know, we're in summer now. So it's a it's a positive outlook that I've always got on things, right? Yes, there's a crisis happening. And that creates opportunity. So there's my positive silver lining between what's going on with the rest of the world, there's going to be a percentage of us that get the opportunity to, you know, not only survive, but thrive in a market like this.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's the thing I find even good times or bad times, like, it's a matter of what you focus on. Right. And, and I find there's good times and bad times for everybody.
1: Yeah. So of, uh, Off market properties in, in investing in properties. And if you're looking for um, a discount from a motivated seller, let's talk about, and if we can show you how to attract those type of sellers, then the other part of it is there are um, more of them right now because of these crises. So more opportunities become available and money's never been cheaper. Money at the bank has never been given away so cheap. I mean, it's free money out there right now. That and that's is so big, true. Right? And yeah. our con- from previous generations and perhaps backgrounds, John, you and I are Italian, you know, uh, that was about savings. It wasn't about borrowing, you know? Can, did you think your mother ever taught you how to use a credit card? My mother didn't oh. teach me. You know, it was credit cards are bad.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. My parents didn't even have a credit card. Like my dad went almost his whole life without ever having a credit card. He actually got his first credit card, I think in his late 60s, early 70s. He kept it for about two weeks and then shredded it. Yeah. I mean, it was that simple.
1: It's, you know, and it was all about paying off your property and living mortgage free. And that's the retirement plan. Work hard for 30 years. But that conditioning just doesn't work for for me. You know, I come from construction. So that conditioning was my background. And, you know, I learned how to swing a hammer. I learned how to do all of the trades, hands-on skills and stuff. But it was really when I learned the financial side of things of how to put the money together. And turn myself from, uh, you know, construction project manager to transactional engineer. That's all it's really about. It's about putting money together with good deals, good opportunities. You know, so I... This is a really awesome time to be uh, investing in real estate. I think it's an awesome time. There's, uh, you know, our, our days are numbered and every day we're getting older and I got my why, my kids, and those are my motivations. And I can't hesitate. I can't wait for the market to stabilize. I can't wait for the perfect time. So it's really all about taking action, uh, you know, in the now and knowing the strategies of the now so that you can capitalize on no matter what the economy is doing because we don't have control over that, but we can make money in all markets.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you. Like we have a saying in real estate, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. That's right. That's right. So it's all about the long game, right? I think like it's one thing if people want to flip and I don't, and there are people who can make money flipping, but I don't think that's a long sustainable thing. Like you're trying to time a market. And there's so many factors out there that it's like you're trying to play the guessing game. Like you have a crystal ball that you're not always gonna, you know, hit. It's not, I'm not saying it's impossible to make money flips because it's done, but there's also risk where people lose. I believe myself, real estate is a long-term thing. That when you invest, you should invest for a minimum of 10 years.
1: Right? Yeah, it's a good long-term philosophy. In my position, John, I had to flip. When I came out, I was the owner of a construction company. I paid myself a handsome salary. However, I was still living paycheck to paycheck. You know what I mean? Like I'm out there earning my money and working for it every day kind of thing. And it's, it's when you realize, A, how other people's money works, which allowed me to flip more houses. So my background, I replaced my income by flipping a couple houses as opposed to going to work on a regular basis. That was my need in the now. Do I wish I still own those properties? Yes, of course I wish I still own those properties. But I had an immediate need. You know what I mean? Sometimes that immediate need is I need to pay the bills. I need to get out of debt. Here's the short-term solution. I happen to come from construction background, so I was very comfortable with those type of you know predictions of budget and what the renovations are going to cost or timelines, right? And I liked it because it was short-term. So I'm still looking for those those gems. I like to do those conversions, two units, uh, you know, make them duplexes or you know, we really focused on the multi-unit family now and bringing JV partners together with uh, the financing that's available. That's what it's really all about. Right, and that's
0: like JV's joint venture for those who don't know.
1: Yeah. And yeah, so that,
0: which is great. Like, See, I like how you said multi-units, and, uh, and that's my point. I mean, I think a lot of people have it in mind about single-family homes, which is nothing wrong with them, but obviously, think of the opportunity that people have with
1: multi-units such as duplexes and and i guess you're relying on more than one door that's right you know there's multiple reasons um at the end of the day when you run the numbers on a single family home it's more expensive per door and the revenue that you're generating sometimes breaks even maybe they cash flow type of thing but the more doors you've got you're going to have a little bit more cash flow you got more stability five doors and up you're going to have a different financing category the misconception people have john is that they only purchase based on what they believe they can afford. Do you know how I I really believe that's a myth? So because I started with no money and I still use other people's money, you know what I mean? For me, it's all about that private money space. People come to me with funds and they're like, Ron, where's the best area to be investing these funds? Or they're coming to me for the funds that they're looking for saying, I've got a deal. Can you, can we get this funded? You know, so... I found my niche in that private money space is what allowed me to do volume, to, to expand, to do more deals, you know? And I would have never been able to save up for a down payment on a multifamily property. What do you, like, that doesn't exist. Save up for one of those. And even if you could in a lifetime, you only get one lifetime.
0: <laughs> that's true. And that's the thing, right? I mean, that's where I think the myth is where people think they're going <laughs> to save their way to riches by earning from their salary and then they're going to save it. And that's how they're getting to riches. But
1: friends, I don't I, believe that I for a offer, second. If I can offer your listeners one piece of advice, it's really learning how to leverage debt. Okay, guys, that's what this is really all about. That's how you expand in this game. That's how you, you know, um, build a portfolio, multiple properties, doing a lot of different deals, leveraging other people's debt. That's the secret. Absolutely. And, and it's actually more simple than it sounds. It, it really is. I mean, it's a conversation that we're having right now. Most people don't know where to put their money and they might have some funds. So when we have a conversation like this, everybody's interested in real estate, right? So it's, hey, I can do more with your money for you and this is where you're currently at. Let's look at making your money efficient. Is it equity in your home that's just sitting there stagnant? Nice to have, peace of mind. That's what our parents taught us, but it doesn't apply to building wealth strategies. You know, It's not about paying off your primary residence. It's about using the equity in your primary residence so it's an asset and not a liability.
0: You touched on a point there. A lot of times people say, oh, my house is my asset. I'm making so much money. What they don't factor in is that, when you sell your house, you have to buy something else to live in. Sure. And what ends up happening is that it's not like, like they have this thought that I'm going to sell my house. It's going to be 1.5 million bucks and I'll just buy something for 500,000 and I could make the difference of money. But look at the way the market has gone. Look what has happened. What ends up happening is you sell your 3,000 square foot home for 1.3 million, 1.2 million, but then to buy the smaller home, you're, you're buying it for 900,000, 950,000 as an example. So what ends up happening is that small difference sounds like a lot, but over a 30 year period of what we you presume you're going to retire in that's like living at 30 grand a year. Is that really enough? When you calculate all the bills, yeah. right? It's a small, and that's assuming we get those numbers often when you calculate fees, you calculate taxes, you calculate everything you're not really left with that much money. Like it's not a winning strategy. It is better than paying rent because at the end of the day, as a general rule, a mortgage is 2000 bucks and rent is 2000 bucks as an example. I mean, that's just an average, right? So that being said, what would you rather do? Pay my mortgage or pay your own? So yeah, I I really believe you're better off to buy than the rent, but it's like you said, use the equity from that to get an investment property so that when you do retire, it was paid off by renters who did not take advantage of the low rates. And then at that point, you cash out, and you have enough to live in the house you've been living on without downsizing. Just live there for the rest of your life, and it's paid for by somebody else.
1: That's it. Well, there's, you know, I always say there's kind of five ways to to win here. And if you can find the right property under market value, you know, you're getting a discounted price. And there's a lot of desperation out there right now. We talked about the crisis, the current situation, right? If you can save, you know, if you got a property for even 90% of current market value, if you paid 90%, that's a 10%, you know, um, equity immediately that you have access to. Your down payment's not going to have to be as much. If it's a cash flowing property, there's a second way. They're paying your principal recapture down the passive appreciation from time increasing. And then there's the opportunity to force the appreciation. I call it any renovations, modifications, uh, you know, conversions or things like that. Can we just um, modernize it and bring up the value? Right.
0: Absolutely. You just nailed that. Right. That's a lot of things. With rentals, if you renovate the right things, It's also knowing what to renovate because there's, as an example, if you have an unfinished basement, a lot of people think I'm going to finish my basement. I'm going to spend 30 to 40,000 and my house is going to go up 60 or 70. But reality is because not everybody wants a finished basement. Sometimes that finished basement, you actually get less than what you paid into it. But if you do a kitchen, which seems to be a very, very attractive spot for people looking to move, you could input 40,000 into a kitchen and regain that 60,000 as an example. So it's, it's about learning, right? You're not going to get it right off. And that's why I believe it's important to work with people who understand this, right? And, and work with experts and, 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 you know, like you have to have people you trust to work with. You have to like, and have somebody who has experience in it so they can show you the ropes and teach you.
1: Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that's, that's the shortcut to success, right? I mean, they. Uh, I think it's probably Tony Robbins who said something like success leaves clues, right? Follow people who are doing this. Tony says everyone on the planet, every CEO needs a coach, needs a mentor. You know what I mean? Like this is not just for rookies. This is for anywhere you are on your investing journey of life, a kind of financial fitness program, you know, and everybody's starting at a different standpoint, but we all got to set targets. We got to set goals and what can we do to plan those goals out? You know, that's the beauty of what we can, uh, you know, forecasting real estate. We can take action using other people's money. I mean, there's so many reasons why investing in real estate right now is just an awesome time.
0: I agree with you, right? And what would you have to say to somebody who turns around and says, oh, the market's
1: going to crash. I'm going to wait for it to crash.
0: Like, what are your beliefs on that?
1: Like I said, I can't be so concerned about what's going to happen. I don't even look, honestly, I don't look for the economy and I'm not studying markets and I'm not doing any of that. My cell phone, is providing me all the information I need on any market when necessary. So I don't need to study markets in different specific areas and focus my attention there. What I try to focus my attention on is becoming a magnet. How do deals come to me? Sellers, you know, do you have marketing? Are there uh, for sale by owner signs? Do you've got those you know, uh, ways to attract motivated sellers? Are you looking for those type of things, right? And getting on perhaps wholesalers list, connecting with investor savvy real estate agents who understand this is a crucial, you know, um, there, there's a lot of different ways to be capitalizing right now. So I look at it as if you're worried and you're in that pessimistic mindset, you know what I mean? You can stay there. I'm, I'm going this way with the people who think like I do, you know, so my, my advice to the pessimists that are, you know, worried about crash and this kind of thing, they just live in fear. That's that's what I really believe. You know, I can't be in that space.
0: I agree with your perspective there. See, yeah. my view on this is also that I don't think there's a bad time to buy, because at the end of the day, it goes back to what I've always said. If you bought a house and just say you bought it for eight hundred thousand, and there was this supposed market crash, and it went down to six hundred thousand, there's a simple solution: hold on to it. At some point in time, it'll go back up, and it'll go back up more. 40 years of history shows that in the long term that the housing market is the most stable investment and if you hold on to it longer it's the only investment in time that's shown to consistently go up higher than the rate of inflation you can't day trade real estate that's it yeah exactly so now clearly you got into investing But you got became a speaker at some point. How did that happen? Like, where did Um, that come from?
1: So, at the exact same time I discovered real estate investing strategies, I had also discovered the book Think and Grow Rich. That book led to finding and discovering the Think and Grow Rich Institute at Toronto that had just started. And I became the third certified instructor in Canada to teach and facilitate with the workshops. So... I wanted to get up on stage because I have a passion for teaching. I wanted to be at the front end and just motivating and inspiring people the way I was inspired by someone else when I was sitting in front row. You know what I mean? Like I was at that when I had that aha moment and these people are talking about these investing strategies and I'm realizing that, wow, everybody has access to this stuff. And we have the tools and we have the resources and if you can, you mentioned before, find a mentor, find somebody that's going to, you know, guide, support you along the way. That's a huge deal because that's going to save you a lot of time and efforts. We talk about OPM, other people's money. I also talk about OPT, other people's time, OPS, other people's skills, other people's knowledge, other people's degrees, other people's licenses, right? So we put that team together. That's what the idea here is. And if you can sort of communicate and sort of quarterback you get to be sitting in your car at the park doing deals, <laughs> signing sign, and going to exercise in the next few minutes. <laughs> wow.
0: That, that, that is the dream, right? It, and, 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 and it's possible for anyone. You
1: just got to put in the time put, and work. Put it down on paper. Make a commitment. Make a commitment. Man up. You know? And that's like, that was the biggest difference. I had to make a shift. Packing in the construction company and making that decision to – you know, close the doors of a warehouse, uh, overhead, uh, 15 employees, trucks, trailers, all that kind of stuff, and saying, you know what, this makes more sense because it's more efficient with my time. And as I started to get a little bit older, I started realizing the value of time. I am all about efficiency so that I can be at the park with my kids, and those little things that I do reap large rewards. It's communicating. It's my phone. John, this this, this tool that we have is the most powerful thing on the planet, right? <laughs> well, of course. I mean, this iPhone, incredible,
0: is more has more power in it than some of the ships they send to NASA
1: or yeah. rockets. <laughs> so it's like uh, amazing. It's incredible. We have it in our hand. You know, right? we so we've had we've had this, and being that hands-on kind of guy and stuff like that, I'm not the greatest with technology. I, I'm certainly not. But the point is we have access to a large amount of people now and you can prospect and you can market and you can be a, you know, part of groups and all kinds of different strategies to get connected. You know?
0: Definitely. Definitely. Like even going to what you were saying about mentorship, right? A lot of times the misconception is you don't necessarily need a Tony Robbins to mentor you. I'm not saying anything bad against him. I'm not saying, I mean, he's a great mentor, but the point I'm getting at is you get mentor short, mentorship Through anyone, anyone who's done something that you haven't done and can teach you a skill that you don't have is a form of mentorship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's so much easier to learn from someone else because they've gone through the problem, they've solved the problem, they've uh, perhaps persisted through adversities, you know what I mean? And they can really essentially help you skip that entire process. And again, leverage their experience, right?
0: Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I agree with you on that.
1: So yeah, like
0: it's okay. So yeah, so then you're investing,
1: you're helping people with money. Yeah, financing solutions. I mean, what I realized, I need to structure my business based on adding value. And that's in the form of the mentorship. That's in the form of the coaching. That's in the form of the assistance and giving you the guidance, a plan, Here's the opportunity that I can present. These are the numbers. This is the due diligence, you know, re- review the opportunities type of thing. Um, and, and vice versa with people with money, they have the opportunity to invest with me or they have the opportunity to borrow from me.
0: Makes total sense. Now, let me ask you something through your journey, because everyone goes through struggles and challenges that they have to overcome. Now there's two types uh, of struggles or, there's, or two types of responses. what I call the victim response, where you give up, or what I tell, what I think of is somebody finding a way to get around it or solve it or to deal with it and persevere. Um, Clearly, you're still in business, you're doing pretty good with it. You you know, you're speaking, you're teaching people. So obviously, you persevered and you've overcome these obstacles. But how did you do like, how did what was the first struggle you came across? And how did you handle it and, and learn to persevere it?
1: I think, I think money was the first obstacle for most people. And it definitely was for myself, you know, not coming from money, uh, working for it, finishing high school and swinging a hammer, John, learning how to, you know, use my hands as, as tools. So first thing was just having that different mindset and that's a continuous struggle. That's that effort that we need all the time. That's where you need those motivational videos from Tony Robbins on a daily basis, giving yourself those affirmations, looking at yourself in the mirror and telling yourself you're awesome. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and, and, That's to me, like, I think the block people block themselves. People have those limiting beliefs. So I biggest obstacle was myself, myself with my mindset on money, because I thought that you had to work for it. Right. So figuring that out allowed, obviously the other opportunities that uh, present themselves to, to be able to close deals, to be able to do things, to be able to take the action steps that are necessary type of, Right. Um yeah, I think that's that's probably the biggest challenge that I faced was myself and my views.
0: Right. So it starts with mindset and then everything else you can figure out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. Like our minds are taught us to survive. And survive yeah. is based on
1: negative. Yeah. And calling. People, you know, mean, people have a tough time calling people. They don't know what to say. It's not their language that they're comfortable with you know what I mean and I know I can be pretty intimidating I'm pretty fast you know what I mean I gotta pace pace myself for some people sometimes you know what I mean but uh yeah once you get familiar with you know talking the language and communicating to people now the sky's the limit because it's out there
0: I agree with you and that's the thing here's another thing I believe and you tell me what you think I don't think it's ever too late to start like, whether you're 20 or whether you're 50, it's, so there's always opportunity if you want to look for it. I mean, yeah. obviously, because everything's longevity and it's done over time, a 20-year-old can accumulate a lot more with consistency than a 50-year-old can, but it doesn't mean that you can't.
1: Say She's 70, 76 years old, and I just got her a 30-year mortgage.
0: There you go. See?
1: <laughs> see it's never too late they're going to let they're not expecting her to live that out they're not expecting her to pay that off but it's an asset and it's going to be legacy that her children are going to receive the grandchildren building generational wealth so no it is absolutely never too late to start and it's never too early i mean everybody wishes they can go back right you know what i mean the younger version of me wishes i knew what i know now <laughs>
0: yeah Goes back to a mentor. If you had a mentor at 20 years old, it probably would
1: have uh, caught on a lot faster. Yeah. For, For me, it was like, you know, going through all those years of experience, not really looking for other opportunity other than climbing the construction corporate ladder as a site supervisor or my own construction company eventually. But that was sort of the mindset. And it's funny because if that's the mindset, look, that's what attracted. That's what manifested. I got those things. But when you make that mental shift, you'll attract other and bigger things. That's the, that's the reality of it. Most people who go to school to plan for their careers end up in that career, right? Because they planned for it. That was the vision. That was the, that was the expectation. And if you set your mind on bigger items or bigger uh, projects, whatever they might be, you know what I mean? That is definitely achievable. That's what I want to give everybody that encouragement to, to really believe in themselves.
0: Absolutely. Right. It starts with belief. Yep. So I was going to say everyone has motivations. I mean, based on uh, what we've been talking about, clearly your kids are your motivation.
1: Oh, I got to stay healthy for them. I'm at the park right now. I got to keep up to them They're uh, into all sports and stuff like that right now. They haven't really found their niche yet, but they're into every activity at the skate park on a regular basis. And you know, my dad was, my dad was really there for me, you know, and took me to all my games, all that kind of stuff. But, he was a Monday to Friday, you know, seven to five kind of guy. You know what I mean? And that was the routine for 25, 30 years of my life. And I just said, you know, I want to I have more time. I want to have more time as opposed to the 40-hour work week. You know, the 40-40-40, they call it too, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And then you touch up on a point, the health point, right? Yeah. That's why, like, health is wealth, as
0: they say. And what that means is basically if you're not healthy, you're not, uh, like, anything you achieve or want to achieve is pointless. You're not going to achieve something when you're yeah. tired of 24 seven.
1: Absolutely. No, I mean, stress is a huge factor on our health and our bodies and our immune systems and all that kind of stuff, having a clear mental space. And look, it's like the chicken or the egg story, you know, what solves the problem? Does money solve the stress or, you know, is money blocked because of the stress?
0: Good point there.
1: So I, I look at it from, from my own standpoint, when I was able to take care of my body better, I was able to produce more with my mind. So for me, let's say healthy mind, put what we put into our bodies, you know, the output, getting that exercise, those type of things and being stimulated, you know, having ideas as opposed to, you know, overconsumption and digestion problems, which slow our mentality down.
0: <laughs> right? That's true. That's true. Here's the other thing, right? Going back to routine, right? Clearly your routine is not nine, seven to seven, like you said, nine to five, but we all have some form of structure in a way where we, like, for example, you exercise. I don't think it's just random that you wake up and say, oh, today I'm going to exercise in an hour. Tomorrow I'll exercise in five hours. You know what I mean? I think you have some sort of a, a routine or a morning routine.
1: Yeah. Um, um, definitely. Did you just lose me on the camera, by the way? I did actually. Yeah. There's a... Uh, call coming in and i'm not sure there we go we should have you right back there we go interrupted by you know it was a commercial break there we go exactly sponsored by (laughs) (laughs) now the routine um you know these days i'm up a little bit later i don't know what that is I, i used to you know get up early early in the morning and do my workouts but now that I don't have to, it's turned into I'm up a little bit later. Uh, I had late dinner last night. I was out in the falls with my girlfriend, and we had some fun on uh, the hill. No kids. So it was, uh, it, was, it was good to get out. And that's part of the balance. You know, there's me time. There's my health time. There's my entertainment time. And there's my family time. That's what's, that's what's really so important, right? And that's, uh, that's, that's something that's all about time and how we manage it and what we utilize it for. We're all here you know, for the same 24 hours, but I tell people I've got more than 24 hours in a day because I leverage, I leverage other people for their time. Totally. Totally. makes sense. So it's a, it's, it's the big factor in, in, in making my decisions and what I have to do as well. Right. You know, and having that routine, having that balance and stuff and, and being able to be at a park on a, on a daily given basis, you know um, if there's something important pending, sure. That's my, that's my priority but I get to be here to take care of those, you know, fires. Exactly. We're always putting out fires, but it's manageable. Obviously, Solving problems, you know, and if you're a problem solver, that's the, uh, that's the name of the game here, right? See an opportunity, see an opportunity that others would not normally see seizing on those opportunities, pulling the trigger, which is what normal, or other people wouldn't do. Right.
0: Absolutely. Ronnie, do you have any uh, last uh, tips, like last uh, piece of advice for everybody watching?
1: Uh, last piece of advice towards you know, building your dreams and your legacy and not what lifestyle is supposed to be for you. The encouragement is to pursue those things, write those down, have goals, have a mapped out system, something that is duplicatable so that you can automate this and it's going to come in passively because we're trading time for dollars. And if that's where you're at right now, realize that it doesn't matter what you're starting with or where you're starting from. Yeah, John, it's not too early. It's not too late. You know, now's the best time. And, uh, you know, I hope people do it because there's an abundance of it out there. People always tell me, why do you share this information? Well, because there's an abundance of it out there and I'm not threatened that you're going to take my deal. You know,
0: I live by that too. I think there's room for everybody. If, if you really want it, you will find a way to do it. That's right. So I want to thank you very, very much for being on the podcast and, um, you know, we'll do it again uh, sometime in the future, catch up and, uh, you know, let everybody know what what's going on and stuff. I mean, I thank you so much. I mean, eternally grateful for this.
1: Uh, it's a, it's an honor to be considered for any type of discussion. So, you know, it's a, I'm, I'm grateful.
0: Thank you, but we're going to have to, uh, catch up in person soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think the patio season's available now.
0: <laughs> oh, thank God. I'm, I'm excited. Like, I'm starting to feel the need for, um, I want to say beer, but for uh, health-wise, uh, juice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I- I'm feeling the desire to get on a
1: patio, grab a couple of beers and stuff. Well, make it happen.
0: <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks so much.
1: Buddy, take care. You too.